Ad Speaks Houston, the Addy Award-winning podcast giving you the inside scoop on Houston advertising and marketing created and produced by Radio Lounge for the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter at aaf-houston.net. Every once in a while, we get to do some podcasts and radio shows with folks that are so much fun to talk to and so tied into our industry. They have the answers. They have the things, the trends that are on the horizon that are crafting uh, better experiences for advertisers and marketers and clients and such. But AAF Houston is excited to to partner for this podcast uh, with Effective, our underwriter for today's podcast. Effective provides insights about how data-driven marketing solutions are helping advertisers reach, this is important, specific targeted audiences in the Houston market and beyond. You get that? Specific targeted audiences in the Houston market and beyond. Is targeting accurate and should we trust the data providers? Now, today's conversation is called, Is All Data Created Equal? Features a, a couple of great folks and two experts from Effective, Jen Gill and Andy Lavender. Let me tell you more. First of all, hey guys, thanks for being here today, but I, I've got to tell the folks who are listening all about you, but welcome, and thanks for taking the time out of your busy days to be here today. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. for. Yeah, thanks for having us. Jen Gill is uh, a Measurement and Insights Director for the Central Region for Effective. Jen brings more than a decade of experience to the industry with extensive background in advertising media data research. Jen is uh, currently responsible for leading a diverse multi-market team of analysts to enhance data and reporting, as well as being valuable insights to clients across all lines of the business. Her role has given her opportunities to champion key strategic initiatives, including case study and white paper development to help educate marketers around the future of television buying and planning tools. Important stuff that I just said there. Andy Lavender is an advertising strategist for the Central Region. Andy has been instrumental expert in Comcast Digital Strategies for 16 years now. At Effective, he guides clients through the obstacles of a challenging and diversified video landscape, consulting in the arenas of live streaming, video on demand, data, audience, and the power of attribution. A thought leader in the OTT space, Andy is a storyteller at heart and loves nothing more than helping his clients make lasting connections with their audiences. It sounds like somebody who does a really great job of writing bios and things like that has crafted a couple of neat bios for you guys too. And it sounds like you guys are a lot of fun uh, and, and certainly enjoy uh, what you do at Effective. And you know, it, when you think about Effective, you think about um, any endeavor into today's uh, digital marketing space, and you really have to put things out there. You really have to be a little bit better, a little bit deeper in thought than uh, what might have been a decade ago or two decades ago. It just has to happen. And you guys have crafted that uh, through Effective. And we know this because we've talked to uh, Effective before about the cool things you're doing uh, in the market. I'm going yeah. to uh, I'm going to give this question. I really want an answer from both of you, and uh, I'll let Jen, Jen go first with the answer here. But Jen, is is all data created equal? Yeah, great question. And I, you know, I don't want to give the answer away too quickly, but the short answer is no. It's not all created equal. So let me just 
go back a little bit. I know you mentioned I've been, you know, working in the in Comcast for over a decade, and I've been in the research department. And I'll just say I've seen data evolve right in front of my eyes. So, for example, when I first started working here at Comcast, we used to build TV schedules based on cable networks that someone checked off in a box in a paper paper survey um, that they took once or twice a year. Today, we sell linear television the same way that we do digital, where if we want to target an audience, we use data to reach them across all screens, regardless of the content that they're watching. And we can really do this because the access of our first-party deterministic viewership data that we match to third-party probabilistic data to see what an audience is watching. So now, all of a sudden, the way that we're building TV schedules looks very, very different. So broader day parts, more networks across all screens, devices. And now, all of a sudden, the way that we're building schedules looks completely different with the use of first-party viewership data. So comparing, you know, that to kind of when we were guessing what networks, uh, you know, an audience is watching or selling the sizzle of a program or a network. So, hey, you want to buy some HGTV or ESPN? Now it's, hey, do you want to reach those in market to buy new furniture or people who are in market to buy a Toyota? So huge differences in, you know, the validity of our campaigns, but still using data, which I'd argue one of, you know, one of many ways uh, data is not created equal. I'd say that you know, what we're using today is much more effective and efficient than previously. I I love what you say about that. It is so, you know what the best part is, Jen, is you guys are thinking about that because as a, as a, as a business owner, you shouldn't have to think about that. You shouldn't have to have the answers or guess like a crystal ball of maybe this will work or we'll give this a try or this a try. There's no reason to do that because effective is providing the background, the data, the foundation uh, to craft success as opposed to a, you know, a guess. Andy, what about your take on that? Is all data created equal? Great question. And the simple answer is absolutely not. All data is not created equal. I think most business owners who are looking to use data to go target and find an audience in advertising may presume to think that all data is the same. We either can use it or we cannot use it, but that's simply not the case. Like most things in life, data can be good or it can be bad. It can be mediocre. I would say to any business owner that's looking to use data to more efficiently target their campaign, there's probably three questions that should be asked about that data and where it's coming from. Those three points are one, How accurate is the data when it was compiled? Number two, how old is that data today? Because let's be honest, things change all the time. And the third question would be, how much of this data do you have to offer me? Those are the three areas today that really separate great data providers from everyone else. And if I may, I'll talk a little bit about the first one. How accurate is data today? We may be very trustworthy and think, well, if you say that you can reach an audience and you can find them for me, I believe you. But that's simply not the case. There was a study done last year 
by a company called Newman, an incorporation with a few other partners, and they looked at the accuracy of anyone's claim to use data to find an audience. And they started out with some very simple things. As an example, perhaps as a business owner, I want to reach women and not men for whatever product I'm selling. How accurate is the, first, is the data that is being provided to them? You would think at the worst, it would be 50% accurate because that would be me guessing. Uh, I could assume that you're a male or you're a female. I have no knowledge of you, but 50% of the time, it's like flipping a coin. I'm going to be right 50% of the time. The data that's being used today to target an audience is about 42% accurate for discovering your actual gender. So imagine that. I partner with a company, and I need to find women for my business, and I use their data to put my message in front of that audience, thinking about 100% of the time my message is in front of the women and not in front of men. But it's not. 58% of the time, it's actually in front of the wrong audience altogether. That's how inaccurate data can be today. You make it a bit more complex and say, well, not only do I want to be in front of women, but I want to be in front of women that are making, say, $100,000 a year. When you add in two targets instead of one, that 42% accuracy of the data falls to about 24% accurate, or in layman's terms, it's useless. So it's very important that the data that you use, the companies that you partner with, when you want to use it to find your audience, has accurate data today. And one of the biggest problems the industry is facing right now is that most of the data out there is simply wrong. Wow. Well, I feel like we're going to school today, guys, and I like that. Uh, there will be no <laughs> test at the end of this, but frankly, if you're a business owner and you're considering uh, advertising, uh, listen closely. There's much more uh, to what we're going to talk about today with Andy and Jen with Effective. You know, before I get into my next question, we are going to define a couple of words that maybe some folks have not heard before, and that's okay uh, because it's, it's fun to learn uh, new things and trends and such like that. Deterministic and probabilistic data. Deterministic and probabilistic data. So with that said, uh, Jen, I'll ask you, First of all, explain the difference between deterministic and probabilistic data, and is one better than the other? But before we get into that, define each of those terms, if you wouldn't mind, Jen. Yeah, of course. So deterministic data is information about people that is 100% true. So it's not model data. Um, I like to use, you know, examples, of course, real life. And one example that comes to life uh, for probabilistic data is information that's typically collected through a purchase or registration form. So, for example, when I sign up for Delta SkyMiles, for instance, and I input my personal information, so I put in my address, I put in my phone number, those are now direct inputs that we know to be true. And Delta now owns that as their first party first party deterministic data. So probabilistic data, on the other hand, this is created from a subset of deterministic data from which a model is actually built out to identify a larger tar 
targeted audience. So perfect example of this is Polk's auto and tender segment, um, which Andy can probably speak to more than I can, but this is information about past vehicle buyers, which is then combined with other characteristics to then model project, you know, projections to predict who is then likely going to be buying a new vehicle. So we often use this uh, when we, we match this with our first-party data. We also use this quite often with companies like Experian um, with their lifestyle segments, for instance, which is made up of individuals with similar characteristics or demographics, behaviors, and things like that. So all that data is modeled, which makes it probabilistic data, which we use quite often um, with effective. So one is no better than the other, but both together are very complementary and beneficial. Would that be a good statement? I would totally agree with that. And yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of a tricky question. And I say that because it's easy to assume that deterministic data might be better because it's 100% known to be true. However, the reality is sometimes we need both. So if I'm an advertiser, you know, it's great to know that you're targeting using data that you know to be true. But I'd also argue that a group that is more likely to be a future customer is oftentimes just as valuable. So, for example, at Effective, we're testing a solution called BYOD or Bring Your Own Data. And this is where advertisers can match their first-party customer data to our first-party Comcast data to create what's called a deter which causes a deterministic audience for the advertiser's customer. But we can take this one step further and we can create what's called a lookalike audience using machine learning technology. So not only are we reaching their existing customers, but we can also reach potential future customers with um, similar characteristics, which of course is probabilistic data. So it's really a subset of that deterministic first-party data, but in this case, we're kind of getting both of best worlds. So I wouldn't necessarily say that the data is equal, but as an advertiser, you can definitely benefit from that in different ways. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense, Jen. And Andy, what about your take on that question? Also, uh, Jen had mentioned uh, from the automotive st- uh, advertising standpoint as well. Touch on touch on that. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So I think deterministic data is what most of us would prefer to use, as Jen said, it's, it's known to be true. Uh, the audience has provided this information. Uh, one of the reasons why we don't simply use the deterministic data to build our campaigns is because it's very hard to scale it. There simply isn't a great deal of deterministic data, or at least not enough oftentimes for us to use it for large campaigns. That's the advantage of also using probabilistic data because it's so easy to scale. There's so much of it out there. So it allows us to expand our reach and hopefully find more people of the type we're seeking in a way that deterministic couldn't do, simply because there's just not enough of it. The, 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 the trade-off that you have of using probabilistic is that it's less accurate. It's not, I mean, I, I think my, my opening statement was about how troublesome it can be, but probabilistic when used with deterministic together, that's going to be your best advantage. At Effective, one of our probabilistic partners um, is Polk, and Polk 
provides us with all sorts of wonderful information, which which is their deterministic information. So they've got their first-party data, which they then share with us, and it allows us to compare their information with the information that we've garnered, almost like a, a filter, a way to double-check and verify the information we've got for its accuracy. And it's very powerful because it means that we can help our clients in the automotive industry find potential shoppers for an SUV or a new new pickup truck, not only more of them, but we can find them sooner than anyone else in the industry can do, and we can find them with the confidence that they are, in fact, the audience that is in market to purchase because we're using the very best of our deterministic data with the very best probabilistic data to build very accurate models. Um, and it's the best of both worlds that allows us to do that. One of the big determinants of, of how you succeed in the advertising industry moving forward to 2022 and beyond is the kind of data you have at your fingertips. Effective has spent a lot of time and effort to get their hands on more information, more first-party data, and to partner really blue-chip third-party companies so that the aggregate data that we provide really is the industry's best. We've got a lot of confidence in its ability to find the audience and to do so at scale in ways that probabilistic simply can't do on its own. Wow. Okay, we just learned something new. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Andy Lavender is the advertising strategist for the Central Region based out of Denver. Uh, Jen Gill is measurement and insights director, Central Region based out of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Effective uh, is the advertising sales division of Comcast Cable, helping local, regional, national advertisers use the best of digital with the power of television to grow their business. Effective provides multi-screen marketing solutions to make advertising campaigns more effective, easier to execute as well. We all need that. Headquartered in New York, offices throughout the country, as we said, including Houston, Effective has a presence in 66 markets with nearly 35 million owned and represented subscribers. A couple more questions for you here. Uh, time goes so quickly, but I hope what we're talking about today is resonating uh, with the folks who are listening to the podcast and to the radio program. I'll ask this of you first, uh, Jen. Are there any other innovative solutions Effective is currently using uh, it's currently developing uh, using your data, our data. Our, what's on the horizon there? We want to, we want, we want to go in the back room and see what you guys are cooking up for us there. Well, if I just waft away the steam and the smoke, oh, let's see. Yes, uh, <laughs> one of the things we're working on is audience addressable. So imagine that you live on a street and you and your next door neighbor happen to be watching the same TV show at 7 o'clock at night. Ordinarily, what happens when we get to the commercial break, you and your neighbor both see the same commercial because you're watching the same network at the same time. doesn't need to be that way. Imagine in your home, when the commercial break begins, you see a commercial for the new pickup truck because you've been thinking about buying one for several months now and you're keen to make that purchase. Next door, your neighbor, who's watching the same channel at the same time, sees a completely different ad. Maybe they see a commercial for a used car because their daughter is about to go away to college and they want to make sure she's got a good, safe ride for when she's away from home. Same network, same time, 
different commercials. We can do that and put a commercial in front of you on the big screen that is relevant to you. And because we're all different, your next door neighbor sees an entirely different commercial, one that's relevant to them. Wow. That's the future of, of data and cable because we need to be making sure that we're not just broadly putting advertising out there, but we're able to have more nuance, put an ad in front of people that is relevant to those people. Wow. Wow. That's, that's heavy. You know, we've come such a long way from the Mad Men days of yeah. advertising. Yes, yeah. we really have. Much, much, yeah. more, much more complicated, but then again, if you have people like yourself, Jen and Andy, uh, thinking, developing, talking, crafting, um, we're in a good spot. We really are in a good spot. I have one more question for you, and I'm really enjoying this conversation, by the way. I really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, I'll ask Jen first. Jen, what advice, this is a, you got to listen to the answer to this question. What advice do you have for marketers as they prepare for industry challenges like third-party cookies going away? Let's first make sure that the listeners to this podcast and radio program understand what third-party cookies are. Talk about that, Jen. Yeah, so third-party cookies, uh, you're probably very familiar with these. Anytime you sign into a new website, you log into a new page, the, you know, do you accept cookies page pretty much shows up all the time. So that's the simplest thing. It's not necessarily cookies you eat, uh, but data's, you know, way of tracking uh, website, you know, consumer behavior online. So marketers have really relied on third-party tracking um, using cookies for years. So this is where we track consumer behavior, um, you know, all nearly all ad, ad tech platforms use cookie for targeting and retargeting, display advertising, and just marketing in general. So the depreciation of cookies, which is already underway for many browsers, and it's set to disappear for Google in 2023, will absolutely be challenges for our marketers. Um, I was reading a recent study about um, from the IAB, and advertisers were actually the least pre prepared group among any other U.S. data group um, to think they're ready for, you know, third-party cookies going away. So my recommendation is it's not too early to start testing alternative solutions now. So take a long-term view of your data collection to identify future targeting strategies and really focus on collecting and cleaning up your own first-party data. Um, if you can, leverage this as much as you can with other media partners that will allow you to do so. And just pay more attention to, you know, who you're partnering with um, as far as media companies and pay attention to who can leverage their own first-party data. So not to put a plug on effective, but, you know, we talked a lot about first-party viewership data that we collect from both our video and IP subscribers. But um, this is something that, you know, we're happy to partner with our advertisers on. Um, but I would say first step is, you know, just re-identify, you know, your own data collection, make sure that you're cleaning it up and kind of really understanding what's going on in this space and how you can kind of grow moving forward. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for that, uh, Jen. What about you, Andy? Let's, uh, let's talk about that. The third party cookies going away. What's your take on that? I'm delighted that third party cookies are being phased out. This is a win-win. Everyone wins. Uh, clients win because cookies were 
inaccurate. They were really a terrible way to go find your audience, so good riddance cookie. Hmm. I'm glad they're going away. It means that we will use better systems to get better information. And don't forget, the thing about cookies was that they were invasive. They were breaching our privacy to gather information about us that we haven't contractually signed on to use in the first place. So this is going to be good. Effective has never relied upon cookies because we promote privacy-compliant concepts. We don't like to have inaccurate information, and cookies have often been horribly wrong when it came to finding the right audience. So it will force the advertising industry to find better targeting information. And it's going to be disruptive for a lot of companies that have relied upon cookies in the past. But in the long run, this is good for everyone's business. My advice to uh, a business owner today is to recognize the value of the data you already have. That's gold dust. There's no better information than the, the client information that you have already got through your natural business services. And be thinking in the future about all the ways that you can continue to gather more information from your pre-existing customers and to build those relationships. Think about your website. Does it work to encourage your visitors to share information, to begin to have a conversation with you? Is it empathetic? Is it designed to encourage and give confidence to the end user to say, yes, this is a business that I want to begin a conversation with? I'm all about telling stories. I hope businesses are as well. Tell a shared story with your customers because when you do that, you build trust, you begin to garner more information, and that information, that data will help you in the future to future-proof your business to partner with a company like Effective, then we can go and find more and more customers that look like the ones that have been very successful for you in the past. Boy, I'm, a couple of home runs here, uh, guys. And, and we forgot to mention that cookies aren't really good for you, okay? Just we forgot to top that off. It's being, <laughs> they're not very healthy. Just a few, okay? in moderation. Well, maybe just one yeah, or two, but I, I, I go with the uh, let's just do the abstinence thing and, and forget the cookies. That's a great idea. But both, of, both, both, of you, both of you are so well positioned to talk about the things that we're talking about today. And Effective is just, I love the fact that Effective exists uh, from, from a business owner standpoint, an advertiser standpoint. You need this kind of stuff in your arsenal to be successful and effective is really doing a, a home run job of, of providing this kind of good stuff. We are so excited to partner with effective, our underwriter for today's podcast. Effective provides insights about how data driven marketing solutions are helping advertisers reach specific targeted audiences in here in Houston and beyond all across the country in targeting accurate. And should uh, we trust the data provides uh, providers that is, well, you know what? If you're talking to the folks at Effective, yeah, you can. So look for great things like uh, this to come in the future more and more as we rely on uh, data-driven marketing. And uh, it's, it's there at Effective. So Jen and Andy, you guys are great. I know you're both waiting on storms to hit both Denver and Minneapolis. Uh, be safe, okay? <laughs> Thank you. You too, Ray. And and thank, thank you, for, you. I really appreciate the time. 
Oh, back at you. Great conversation, great information, and uh, just keep doing what you're doing. We need this in our advertising uh, world. We need this, need this, need this. Ad Speaks Houston, the Andy Award-winning podcast, created and produced by Radio Lounge for the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter. Find out more at aaf-houston.net. Subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast platform. You'll never miss a new episode, podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And do not be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. Share it with your, your friends in the business. We also invite you to meet the people that represent District 10 of the American Advertising Federation. Check out Adtention, the podcast for District 10. Until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Ad Speaks Houston, copyright 2021. My name is Ray Shillings.